This is a Town Roots Podcast, episode number 29. Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony Wilson and Vincent Hayes. So today we're talking to Carolyn Johnson with the Black Cultural Zone. Hey, Carolyn and Vincent, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, we know that the Black Cultural Zone, um, you know, runs a coma market over in East Oakland, but, but you guys do a lot more than that. I think that's where we first came into contact with you. But why don't mm-hmm. you tell us about everything that the Black Cultural Zone is involved in? Sure. So the Black Cultural Zone is really multiple things. It is a zone, a geographic area. The East Oakland Black Cultural Zone really runs from High Street in Oakland all the way to the border of San Leandro from the hills to the water. So it's a geographic area. And then the Black Cultural Zone is a collaborative of sort of Black-led and Black-on-purpose organizations and businesses and individuals that support our vision and mission. And then the Black Cultural Zone Community Development Corporation is an entity that really operates the Black Cultural Zone hubs. And so one of the hubs of the first hub we have is Liberation Park, um, which is in East Oakland, right at the corner of 73rd and MacArthur and Foothill, where they meet by Eastmont Mall. And there we have our Acoma Market, our, our certified farmer's market on first and third Sundays. We have our slamming Sunday skate at the Umoja Outdoor Roller Skating Rink, the only outdoor wooden roller skating rink in Northern California. So every Sunday, we have outdoor movies on Friday nights in the summer. We have for show Fridays, which is food trucks and skating on Fridays. And we're launching a healing hub at Liberation Park on Wednesdays. So it's really a community and cultural hub where you can find a lot of activities and then really support local and small and black and brown owned businesses and vendors. And so what was the inspiration for this? Like, did you guys see this in another city or did someone just come up with with this idea on their own? So in 2010, a group of artists in East Oakland just saw that there were changes coming to Oakland. They saw a decreasing presence of black businesses along East 14th Street, which is also called International, and that there was this BRT coming, which would further push out black owned businesses. And they said, we need a black cultural zone, just don't know how we're going to do it. And we need them to be anchored by hub. So that was where the idea came from, Eastside Arts Alliance. And then in terms of this particular lot that we have, it's been abandoned and owned by the city for over 15 years. And um, there's not many sites that can really hold a Black cultural zone hub that have the enough space. This is a 1.2 acre space. And so it was available. We went to the city and um, to license it and to operate and create a cultural hub there, which is temporary. And we're also going to be doing affordable housing and building a permanent market hall there in about two years. And you said a BRT was coming. What's a, what's a BRT? BRT is bus rapid transit. So what uh, you see going down East 14th Street now wasn't always there. And it's really had a very impactful uh, on businesses there. Streets and curbs are different. But they've been planning that for 15 years. And so in 2010, they were doing the initial studies. And that group knew it would further displace and harm Black businesses that were already being displaced We've gone from a thousand black owned businesses that own their property on East 14th Street to less than five. Oh my God. Less than five? Less than five that you own mean, their building and their business. On you mean East 500 14th Street. or five? Five. Total. As in five black businesses. Holy 
on on East 14th, on East 14th Street. Between what? Between what? Between between downtown Oakland, the lake, um, and all the way to San Leandro. There are only five black-owned businesses. On five that own their business no, and their no, building. And the oh, I see. Wow, that is amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I, that's surprising. I would not have thought that at all. They saw it coming. And we knew that BRT is not the only reason for displacement, but the gentrification. Oakland is just a, a stop away from San Francisco. And so you see the gentrification and displacement in West Oakland. But with that, we lose businesses. So if you're a business owner and you were living in West Oakland, East Oakland, now you live way out in Antioch or Brentwood, you're probably going to move your barbershop out there or your store out there. And so that's a part of it. But yeah, that's what happened. Wow. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick question, because I, I find this uh, like I'm a, a lover of real estate, but what, during the due diligence period for creating the BRT, was this not discussed or, or thought about? It was discussed. I mean, I think a part of why the East, East Side Arts Alliance started the Black Culture Zone is that folks weren't hearing them saying it's going to have a negative impact and you're not doing enough to protect businesses. Um, it was thought about. But at the end of the day, it happened. And so it was, there were different versions of the BRT. Some was going to have it flushed to the ground where it wouldn't be an issue when you can cross the street. I'm from East Oakland. So right now the 84 for my family lives is a big old barrier and where people can make a U-turn and go get to that store. Now you got to go all the way down to 90th and back. And so there's been those conversations, but sometimes when policy and planning roll over our people, this is what happens. I mean, this is a history of this country, right? You think about redlining, you think about, you know, urban renewal, which is supposed to help. And all of it winds up having our people, Black people, um, rolled over for many reasons. And so, yeah, it was thought of, it was talked about, and it still happened. Wow. I, 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 so when I, I, I saw those changes happening, um, I thought it would be beneficial in terms of ensuring that tra- transit could get through uh, traffic in that area. But the, I, I never considered that that would be like one of the, the downsides of that yeah. development. Yeah. And, you know, you have to think about the BRT bus rapid transit is really about um, getting people really quickly out of those neighborhoods, deeper East Oakland to the jobs in Oakland. And, and for mm-hmm. whom was it really built? So transportation has been the leader for gentrification, gentrification and displacement in general. So think about what happened to West Oakland. What tore that neighborhood up? A freeway, BART, post office. Right. And so you are able to push through these transportation infrastructure projects through neighborhoods that don't have enough political clout or time to go to meetings, et cetera, because they work in three jobs. And so usually we should know that when you have large infrastructure projects, they'll be run through communities that don't have enough political cachet and they tend to be black communities. So you start the black culture zone, right? And kind of what were the first few steps like what were the first few projects in, in in getting that started like what were the first issues that you guys were addressing so again east side arts alliance and that coalition started the black Co- east oakland black culture and collaborative and they yeah. really started with community engagement and having these conversations so folks could learn about these events at their at their store they're still there and thank god um they had the meetings they started bringing together the partners um, but one of the, you know, so they had Friday night events and they had block parties and things like that. Um, I joined in 2019 and we decided to form the Black Culture Zone Community Development 
uh, corporation, which really would focus on the commercial real estate transactions. I'm a commercial real estate broker and developer before this. And so it's about a commercial real estate strategy. People respect your conversations, but they respect your power, which is really in land in this country. So our goal was to buy and build Black cultural zone hubs. And so the first one we were able to tie up was where we are now, Liberation Park, with a license agreement with the city of Oakland to activate that space. And we were able to also submit a winning bid to develop 120 units of affordable housing and a permanent market hall. So that's the first one. We are looking to do 10 of these types of projects in East Oakland and to also do these kinds of projects in other legacy Black communities that have the same kind of challenges that we have in East Oakland, wherever our people are. And is that project underway? Have you like broken ground on that? No, we're still there. So we're in the architectural phase. We've won the bid. We've hired the architect. We're actually uh, getting ready to select our engineers to finish up the designs and submit for entitlements, which is necessary. And then we'll be able to get a general contractor, all of which we're trying to make sure that we have a strong Black presence. We'd love a Black general contractor. We'd love to make sure the money stays in our community. It will be a $200 million project, and we want to make sure our community benefits from it. So the groundbreaking is probably going to be, my goal, is December 2024 for that project. And we'll have to move our temporary activities, which includes the rink, et cetera, to another site that we're developing. So you, so I want to go back to the rink and all that stuff. Yeah. Because when we started, you, I mean, you were first and third Sundays for the Acoma Market. Mm-hmm. You talked about a skate rink. You talked about outdoor movies. You yes. talked about food truck. I mean, that's a lot going it's on. It's a lot, Carolyn. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Black culture was on hubs. So t- Black people tend to live in areas that are further away from dense sort of urban downtown areas. And so you have to have a go-to venue as opposed to assuming you'll have walk-by traffic. So the concept of a Black cultural zone hub is something that draws people to it because there's lots of things going on. And then our goal is to really buy other commercial property around it so that we can create districts. So yes, there's a lot that's going on. So you can come to that place, which used to be an abandoned lot where folks who fought their dogs and roosters would throw the dead bodies over there um, into the, the, to the park. And we have changed it into an oasis. We call it a very safe Black space. So Friday nights, we're building um, our version of a food truck park um, there. You can go there for skating all the time, which, again, it really centers our arts and culture. There were Black you know, roller skating is a Black thing. Um, the artistry of that is something we want to elevate. We show movies beginning in the summer. So the 17th starts our series. You can come outside, hang out under the stars, bring your blanket, bring your chairs. We got popcorn. We got movies. We got food. We have Black movies. We have movies of East Oakland filmmakers that are happening there on Friday nights. We've got the market first and third Sundays. We opened that market, by the way, in the pandemic because it was the only place our people could sell. If you remember, everything was shut down. And I was like, well, what, where can people sell? Because they need to eat. And they said, you can only have a certified farmer's market open. So I was like, all right, bet. We opened a certified farmer's market, which is the only one that's been in East Oakland ever. And so our folks come out and sell. They kept having a living. So we kept that up first and third Sundays. So we are a park that I'd love to have open seven days a week with a lot of activities. So I always tell folks, we got it. Let's do something. You want a healing hub? Let's do it. You want roller skating? Let's do it. You want festivals and concerts? Let's do it. What do you want to do? As long as it centers Black arts and culture, we can do that at Liberation Park. And it's a hub where people come and they feel safe and their kids can run around. Don't have to worry about them. We got security. It's safe. All kinds of security embedded. All kinds of things are safe. We are a target, by the way, because we unapologetically say we are Black. And so things like Buffalo, we have to be concerned. But we take it very seriously that when people come to Liberation Park, you will be safe and you 
lot of fun. You know, it's interesting as I listen to you talk, this isn't so much about events. This is more like a strategic plan for uh, East Oakland and, and trying to create a, um, and, and I want to be careful about what I say here, but trying to improve the environment for all that, that are, are, are living there currently. Mm-hmm. And so as you start to started to put this together, like what were kind of the, the main bullet points that you had in terms yeah. of like, what are the things that we want to see? What are the things that we want to improve? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, I love that. You're right. It's a plan. It's not just about a little market and a small park. It's about, Again, remember the genesis. We were concerned that we saw a diminishing Black presence in Oakland due to gentrification and displacement. So our goal is one to hold place for Black people in Oakland, which is a legacy Black city. We want to return residents and businesses to Oakland, which is a legacy Black city. We want to restore the things that we had before, and we want to make sure we design that ourselves into the future of Oakland, that we will be here. And so it is a strategy. So all of that Liberation Park Market Hall, that also generates revenue. So our vendors are selling. We're using black and brown vendors, East Oakland vendors. We're showing films. We're using our music. And so in order to build a strong black economy, the dollars have to circulate more often in your own community. I spend all my money at the market now. I don't really shop anywhere else because I can get everything I need. What if we all did that? What if all black people shopped at a coma market and got everything that they needed? What if they came on Friday nights and supported our food trucks so our chefs can do well? But not just the dollars circulating inside. We have to draw in more dollars than we spend out. So we want everybody to come from all over the world. Come on to Liberation Park and spend your money. Come on to East Oakland. Come on to Oakland, to our Black districts that we're developing and spend your money. Not for a generous donation, but because the stuff we have is quality and what we do is great. And we want you to support that. So that's how we build a strong Black economy that leads to an improved quality of life improved education, improved safety, and us not having our handout asking for affordable housing to be built for us, but for us to do the developments ourselves. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I, I love real estate and I do all kinds of uh, like single family stuff in terms of uh, residential development. Mm-hmm. Um, but And one of the things that I guess is, is probably the hardest thing to tackle is affordable housing. Um, have you kind of figured out like the right people to have in place in terms of funding and all those things. I don't want to get too far off of what we were talking about, but yeah, like this is my thing. No, it's a, no, no, it's a part of it. And unfortunately the kinds of projects we're doing, the larger commercial projects with the bigger afford, and we do have affordable housing. We're planning 120 units and the larger projects have tax credits. um, They have grants, they have foundations, and there's a formula for that. But if we don't work with developers like yourself and other developers who are doing single family homes in and around the neighborhoods that we are developing, we will gentrify our own people out. Folks are coming in like, oh, my God, he's so cool. It's only 700,000 for the house. You know, so that's what happens. So we do have in our collaborative, we have other partners who work on housing specifically. So like the Neighborhood Housing Services of the East Bay run by Nikki Beasley. They are partners. We partner with a lot of affordable housing developers. We partner with smaller developers who do one, two, three, four units to say, we're coming. What can we do to really anchor these things in a trust for Black people so that we are keeping the ownership and we don't drive our folks out? I, my family still has their house on 84th and there are a few houses that still have those huge backyards. So for instance, the ADU program, there was a black ADU program that if you've got that house in the front and this kind of needs some help, 
You can put an ADU in the back and there's financing for that that helps um, you get that low cost financing for that. So what can we do to strengthen those who are still here to stay here and those who want to sell to sell to us so that we can keep our people in the community and to bring more people back? So if we don't hold on to the housing stock, and it's mostly single families, as you know, in East Oakland, that's the biggest percentage of everything, you've got to hold place. We would love to be that group that says, I'll buy houses for cash because we want to renovate those houses or support folks like you who do that. But our goal is to have spaces that we can bring our people back to and they can really enjoy a beautiful, peaceful, lush neighborhood with retail, vibrant and we call it better neighborhoods, same neighbors. I call it better neighborhoods, all the neighbors that were here too. At the height, we were 59% of Oakland. Now we're 20, maybe. You know, it's so funny because when I uh, first got into real estate, one of the things that I, uh, I realized probably in that first year was that there were so many homes that were owned by African-American families. And it wasn't just their own yeah. primary residence. Like there were a number of families that had multiple residences uh, in East Oakland yep. and West Oakland. And, and like that was part of their wealth building. And so now that's changing yeah. tremendously. Um, what are the, yeah. the kind of the, the teachings or, or, or what, what kind of education are you giving to people to help them kind of hold on to that as you try to, to put this plan in place? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. So we work with groups like the East Bay Permanent Real Estate Collective. They provide anti-displacement workshops. They're, you know, you've got to have your financial house in order. You must have wills. You must have trust. You must have a plan for your property when grandma dies or mama dies or whatever the case may be. Um, you must take care. You must know how to take care of a home, um, you know, the taxes, the insurance, all of those things. So there's plenty of groups out here and in our collaborative that are working to get that information out and workshops, readiness, financial readiness workshops. Like I have a lot of young folks that work at the Black Cultural Zone. How are you saving? What you saving for? Really? Do you need that car that's a depreciating asset? Huh? Really? Or do you want to put it in something that's appreciating? And these are the facts. I, I, I come from a family that we, you know, my grandma owned their home and just been blessed that way. So I've seen these things and you fail to recognize that if someone has not doesn't have that legacy and they've not had to take care of the yard and the fence, it's like there's no landlord to call. It's you. We have to give them that information with no judgment and no feeling like you're superior because I am born lucky by birth that I came into a family that had home ownership and we still have it. But also we have to train ourselves of how to ready ourselves for how the world responds to us when we do well, right? Emancipation. We build towns. They burn them down. They ride us out. They renew us out. They get rid of us. Oakland, when I grew up on East Oakland, 84, 80, if it was all black businesses, right? All black businesses. What happened? Don't get me started. Crack. Boom. Predatory lending. Boom. Foreclosures. Boom. Pandemic. Boom. Not all of it is just by accident. I encourage people to read The Color of Law. There is a force that doesn't necessarily want us to be successful. And so we have to be ready for that, as well as being ready in our mind and our hearts on how to take care of property. So, Carolyn, you, you touched on this a couple of times. You're talking about you know, all the businesses used to be on East 14th. Yeah. And now there are only five. And then at the Coma Market, you have primarily, um, you know, black businesses, which don't have storefronts, right. I assume. Right. Okay. Some don't. So yeah. is, is, is the goal to get a lot of those businesses at the Coma Market to eventually have storefronts back on East 14th? Yeah, storefronts at work. The retail model has definitely 
changed um, with the pandemic, et cetera, how much space you really need. I mean, storefronts in the old days, you know, there was no online marketplace. And so is your space really a showcase, a tasting room, et cetera, and really you get most of your sales online. So I think how much space you need, but I do think that some storefront brick and mortar space is important to have. And so we hope to be able to give permanent homes in our projects in the market hall. So every project we do will have a market hall. Every project will anchor a district that we hope will have retail spaces. So we're focusing, I won't say where we're focused because I won't want people going after those deals. But yeah, we want to populate all of, we, we, I want to repopulate East 14th Street. My goal is 1,000. So I recently read about a project, and I think this might have been downtown Oakland, where mm-hmm. someone created um, a storefront. I don't remember the name of it, but they mm-hmm. created a, a storefront. And they basically had a lot of businesses working out of that storefront. And, and it was, I don't know if there were Black-owned businesses or women-owned businesses. Oakstop? The Oakstop Project? Maybe. For that, the culture? Yeah. Yeah, I love that, that. That sounds familiar. That is exactly... he. I love Trevor. He's also part okay. of the Black Cultural Zone, and he's doing exactly what we should be doing. You don't need just one store. People want to come to a hub. Oh, I can get yeah. some candles, and I can get... So a Como Market is kind of, broadly speaking what every mm-hmm. retail space in this kind of market should be like. You can go get multiple things. You can see some stuff. You might be able to do some stuff, have an exercise class. People want to have one stop because of the way we live now. So yes, that is exactly right. And I wish I had the address 23, 23rd and Broadway. Please go support those Black businesses there. So um, as you uh, started to, to get this rolling and, and you achieved some success, what has the pandemic done um, in the midst of this to, has it helped, uh, has it hurt, has it created like new initiatives? What are you, what are you seeing? Yeah. So we started, I started in 2019 and we started the CDC in 2019. And so we literally started the actual core of the organization in the pandemic. And what the pandemic did was definitely expand what we thought we would be doing. We pivoted first to community rapid response. We had just signed the license agreement at Liberation Park, mowed down that grass, and started a food distribution, a drive-through food distribution. We were able to distribute 150,000 hot meals to folks during the pandemic. Didn't expect to do that, but that's what we did. Like I said, the Acoma market was started earlier than we thought because it was the only place that our businesses could vend during the pandemic was a certified farmer's market. We started outdoor movie nights because folks were going crazy inside. <laughs> they were like, I need to get out. And, we were, and it was a drive-through. So we could have people drive in. And so a lot of that was kind of like, we hadn't thought of some of those things, but or we didn't think it would come that soon. So it definitely expedited the roller skating rink. Roller skating became a big thing in the pandemic and it expedited our desire to bring that art back to our community. So I think it expanded our plans and expedited some that we thought would come a little bit later. So you mentioned a certified farmer's market a couple of times. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so tell me, what, what is that? Like, is that who certifies you? Is that the city? Is that the county? Is that the state? Yeah, it's the county and the state. So you have to have a okay. certification and it. It in itself has challenges and it limits the ability of some black farmers to be at farmer's markets. And that's a challenge that we're trying to address. But yes, it's certified by the state. You actually have to grow and sell what you grow. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times our black farmers are in the mid part of central of California. They can't, they don't have the refrigerated trucks to get to the area and they usually market on Saturday. They don't have anywhere to store it on Sunday. And so we actually are trying to get more black farmers, but there's a, there's a transportation and logistical issue. And, you know, we can't sell for them. If we're not the one actually planting the seeds. You can't sell. So there's a lot of, um, I would say there's uh, institutionalized racism 
uh, not in the people who are in the systems, but the way the systems are designed are micro-targeted and tailored in a way that keeps us out. So one of the things that's been kind of synonymous with uh, East Oakland is uh, the, the term food desert. Um, what have you, what are you thinking about in terms of trying to, to create some balance there? Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. I am an advocate of the Black Panther Party and the free breakfast program. In fact, I was a beneficiary of it. Oh, my God, I love the pancakes. And so one of the things we do, the best pancakes, one of the things we do is we have community meals. People can come first, fifth Fridays, fifth Saturdays and have good community meals, healthy meals catered by Black or East Oakland vendors. At the Acoma Market, we always have good food and we have vouchers for our community members that helps them uh, meet that price point. I just talked about for show Fridays, which are bringing those food trucks, right? We don't have, you know, we don't have an off the grid that's coming to East Oakland. So we're going to create our own um, and get food. That is is your off the grid. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, food trucks. And so, again, we can we can do a bunch of things that build the economy. Like I talked about, I'm always focused on that first. Circulating the money within, bringing more money in than we spend out and elevating our businesses building them so that they can have resources and giving those vendors. So we do a lot of education with our vendors. How are you handling that money that you're coming in? Do you have a savings account? Do you have your license? You're saving for a home. What do you want? How does that work? And we just have to love on our people and give them what they need. But yes, the food desert is an issue. One of our hubs will be a hub that will probably have, um, we've been working with the deep, which is a Black-led grocery cooperative that needs a space. And so we're talking with them about projects so we can have healthy food grown by our farmers in our spaces given to us by our people. It makes a difference when you know who's giving you this stuff. I remember government cheese. I still don't know what's in it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I could have been a comedian too, but I just chose to be a commercial real estate broker. <laughs> um, well, hey, you know, Carolyn, this has been fantastic. I mean, this has just been a wealth of knowledge. I mean, you, I've learned a lot that I didn't know particularly about the number of businesses that were, you know, on that East 14th mm-hmm. corridor and, and now no longer exist. Um, but, but I'm excited to, to spend some time yeah. over at the, at the zone, come over to Coma market mm-hmm. and the, and the skate rink mm-hmm. and the outdoor movies and the food. That's truck, right. I, I love off the grid, but I'm definitely going to check yeah. out the food trucks at, 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 at your spot. Please do. Um, well, tell us, how can people find you? Yep. So you can find us. Uh, our website is blackculturalzone.org. Liberation Park is at 7101 Foothill Boulevard in Oakland, again, at the nexus of 73rd Foothill and MacArthur near Eastmont Mall, for those of you who know Eastmont Mall. Those are the best ways to find us. We're always there on Sunday skating from 4 to 7 p.m. And then first and third Sundays, you can find us with the market. But go to our website and have all of the flyers there. Join our newsletter. And we hope to see you at Liberation Park celebrating us. Oh, I love that, Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com.